Hey everyone, it's Dave Carlo from Razor, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. There's my partner, Chris, another Canadian. Oh yeah, I'm freaking Canadian already. Cool. Yeah, oh, where cool. are you? Are you in Guelph? I'm from Guelph. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm are you Guelph. now? I'm in Guelph. Yeah, my house Holy in Guelph. Sh- Holy shit, man! Yeah. <laughs> where are you from? Uh, Vancouver. Oh, okay. So we're but, talking about the uh, the other side of Canada, but yeah, uh, yeah. beautiful. I live beautiful. on. I'm from the left coast, but now I live in Washington D.C. So. I, there you go. Uh, you've been a, yeah. Well, that's hey, the transplant. But uh, uh, how often do you get to get back to Vancouver? Uh, I haven't been back since 2018. Oh, okay. All right. Well, before the pandemic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the last time I went back. But holy shit, did I get wasted when I went back? <laughs> People don't realize Canadian beer is like way stronger than American beer. Yeah. Is it really? Oh God, dude, you have no idea. I mean, I just associate Canadian beer with like Rolling Rock or some bullshit. Is there good stuff? Oh yeah. Oh god, oh, yeah. 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 Well, I see. Now I don't. Uh, I don't smoke anymore. But when I smoked back in the eighties, uh, too, the Canadian cigarettes were great too. This, the the yeah. I heard them just because um, uh, you know. Now that I'm getting older, though. When you get to be my age, you don't mind the weaker beer. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's don't what I'm saying. I don't want to get sucker punched every time I have a beer now. So yeah, when I uh, when I came to the U.S., I was like, "Oh, I'll try Miller Lite," and I was like, "Fuck, this is like water." Next thing I know, I'm like, "Fuck, I drank a case of beer. I don't even feel it." Just do it. Now it hits me like a of bricks. Yeah, I go back to Canada. Yeah, you go to Canada. You go to Hamlet, Canada. Right? Wow. Oh fuck! Yeah. Two beers in, I'm like, "Woo!" Oh, that's it. No. <laughs> when I have a beer now, it's a Coors Light. That's it. I just go with the uh, easy to drink, not too powerful. Actually, I'm more of a whiskey drinker anyway. I don't really, uh, I don't drink beer that much anyway because beer for me is just a constant trip to the uh, to the, the the fucking bathroom. So yeah. you have to piss every five minutes. So I get tired of that. So, so hey, let's Bruce, talk razor. Yeah, I'm recording. Yes. Let's we talk will. Razor. Are you recording? Okay, I cool. am recording. Okay, wow. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, straight up. Let's start by telling you guys. I think you made some gesture there. I'm partly blind. Now, you, do you know that? You know, I don't know that. that. So I, okay, so now you know. I can't tell what you're doing. You did something there. I know there's a person there, but I couldn't tell you when you first came on. I can't tell male, female. I had to listen for your voice. So he, no, he, I got that. He told me to fuck off with his fingers, basically. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Uh, gesture. I wasn't sure if it was the the horns or what it was, but I I oh, can't yeah. see that. You can do that to me all the whole through the whole interview. You can flip. <laughs> so, what, what was the? Uh, I wouldn't even know. <laughs> what was the reason or the impetus to get the uh, cycle of contempt uh, out after so many years? Well, really, what it came down to is um, the internet and the rediscovery of the band. Uh, you know, about 15 years ago by a lot of people, once the internet got to the high speed uh, era and people could download music, a lot of people discovered the band for the first time. And um, that led to a, just like a uh, continual, uh, you know, increase in the uh, interest in the band. And I would get offers over the years 
to perform. And uh, at first we'd say no, and then uh, things just started to get more, uh, you know, there was more momentum and more uh, better offers. And I realized, well, wait a minute, it looks like people are uh, interested in the band again. So we started talking about it. We got together, we did a few shows in the early 2000s. And then um, it just, it just a momentum, right? And uh, around 2014 or so, decided that we would start uh, performing regularly again. And the more we did it, the more we saw the audiences everywhere. We got to go all over the world and we realized uh, people want a new Razor album. So that, that's, what, that's what got us to uh, decide to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to read you a YouTube comment because I love these. <laughs> these are the best. Uh, it says, I've never heard of Razor, but I just listened to this song with a consistent headbang and nasty face. So I'm definitely going to be listening to Razor more. <laughs> and being a Canadian, um, you guys were kind of a little bit ahead of my time. So I didn't really know about you. Um, but now that I've listened, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I imagine back in the 80s when you were doing this, did you do a lot of touring with Annihilator or deal with those guys in any way? Well, Annihilator came out um, five years after us. Yeah. So um, I didn't even meet Jeff Waters until uh 2015 that's when i met him. oh wow uh, yeah so I, I i emailed with him in the early 2000s he was emailing me uh telling me that he uh, you know loved to record me sometime uh, um i didn't know who he was i, I didn't know who he was <laughs> yeah um and uh, then i said oh this guy jeff waters has been emailing me I'm like, jeff waters he's a, he's from annihilator I go, okay i don't know who he is right. but um yeah so i met him in 2015 uh, lovely guy lovely guy we played a show with him that's how that's how i met him and uh, yeah, but I, as far as influence, I don't know if we influence him at all or not, but uh, he's a big Razor fan. And uh, he actually, I had him join us on stage to do one of our songs in uh, Calgary. Oh, in cool. 20- we played with him because he, he knows the catalog pretty well. So we got him on stage. It was pretty cool. That's yeah, awesome. That's YouTube. Yeah. That's hey, this, this, is something, this is something that I find interesting because as a Canadian, I'd, I didn't even know anything about Annihilator until I was on 70,000 Tons of Metal in 2011. And I was like, oh, who's this band? And then they're like, oh, they're Canadian metal gods. And I was just like, oh, I didn't even know. So I go online and I look and they're playing like Vakken and all these places. I'm like, holy shit, I had no idea. And there's there's this kind of underground metal in Canada that happens. And I think it's kind of coming up to the forefront a little bit more now than it, than it was before. Do you find it hard being a metal band in in a country that's kind of not overtly metal crazy well i did find it hard uh, in the 80s when we were uh, when we started out uh, not because of the fans because the fans were fantastic but the the establishment sucked the the agents the managers the record uh, they just had a complete blind eye to the kind of music we were playing um, they didn't, they didn't, and when, you know, when they did pay attention to it, they laughed at it. They didn't take it yep. seriously. They laughed at Metallica. They laughed yep. at Slayer. You know, they, they laughed at uh, all those bands and, uh, and they, they laughed at Razor. So uh, we couldn't get the gigs that we wanted. We couldn't get the um, opportunities to hook up with other bands that were on the uh, rise. And that, that affected us in a lot it, uh, 90% of it was because we were in Canada and we decided to see that we played. We needed to be either in the States or in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what, 
I think, you know, a band like Razor probably paved the way for someone like Devin Townsend who realized I can't do this in Canada. I have to move. Yeah. All right. I have to take it somewhere else. And it's probably Razor that did that for a lot of Canadian metal musicians. Do you ever do you ever feel that kind of responsibility um, of carrying like the metal, the Canadian metal torch? Well, I mean, it's always flattering when people tell me that you know we influence them or that we they consider us like a pioneer of the you know, the style that we play. Um, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a, it's just gratifying, right? I mean, it's flattering, and uh, it's uh, nice when we play a show and we meet a younger band and we we're getting all this respect. And uh, you know, I mean, I, I quite often I don't know who they are, but it's really cool. Then I find out later they're 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 a big deal, yeah. and I don't even know that, you know. And uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 that's nothing but good. It's a wonderful feeling to to know that you're important to those people. Yeah, Bruce. So yeah, I was just gonna say I am a thrash head from the way back, and I totally, totally am digging what you guys have done. I for one didn't wasn't very familiar with you guys until um, I started doing research for this, and I don't know how I missed you in the you know in the heyday, but absolutely love Flames of Hatred. So thrashy, so amazing, so kick ass. It's right up my wheelhouse. Thank you. Now, have you guys had a chance to hear the, the rest of the record yet? Did they send it to you, or, or you haven't heard it yet? No. Oh, no, just a single. You're going to love it. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Flames of Hatred's a, a decent track, but it's by no means, in my opinion, the best track on that album. Um, oh, really? For me, it's uh, this is just my opinion, but it's probably one of the, the my least favorite on the album in terms really? of overall intensity and power and and uh, i am the guy who's the driving force when it comes to uh the the level of intensity of the band as i, I write all the music right so right. i mean i have a, a pretty strong but that doesn't mean i don't love the song because i wrote it so obviously right. i do but um yeah i think there's better songs on the album yeah holy so, shit love it. dude because this reminded me of, like when i turned it on i was like this is like old school thrash like yes. it made me just want to get in the pit and that's rip, what we want. you know that's what we're going for for sure so how did you end up on relapse well relapse uh, had a, a guy who worked for them who was a huge razor fan um and uh he he just he just emailed me and asked me about uh you know the possibility of doing some reissues which uh this is about 10 years ago now and we uh, we just you know we formed a bit of a, a, a alliance there and we did some reissues of some of our old albums three of them Violent Restitution, Shotgun Justice, and Open Hostility, they reissued those for us in 2015, did a wonderful job, yeah. and I like working with those guys. I mean, I actually went down to Philly to meet them, look them in the eye, and have a look at the operation, and it's all about metal, and that, for me, was very comfortable, because in the 80s, the label we signed with was not a metal label, it was a generic, uh, you know, just make money label that did all the styles of music, and uh, that caused us not to get much attention and it was just nice to work with a bunch of people that are um, fans and care a lot about, about the quality of what's going out to the uh, to the fans you know so that's I just had a good feeling about them from the very beginning I've been working with them for almost 10 years now and that feeling is still there and, amazing uh, we're working with them yeah that's awesome I think there's been a big rise in metal labels you know coming up because the big labels, they, they don't really like metal unless you're Metallica and then they want to give you everything because you already have everything. So, like, b labels like Relapse and Nuclear Blast, Napalm, uh, 
you know, there's so many coming up. They're really supporting this metal scene that's really... I, I kind of think we're on the verge of a new metal thing uh, about yeah, to happen. Absolutely. I, I, think that, uh, I think that, you know, this style of music, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've been able to prove to the world that, that it has a broad appeal, but we took the internet to get that out to people. It was because, it was, you know, it wasn't getting the exposure, right? Like yeah. uh, your, your partner, a uh, gentleman there, he said uh, he didn't know how he missed us, but that's exactly what happened, right? You, you, we slipped through the cracks because there just isn't enough coverage for, for these kind of bands. And so, you know, every now and then you go, oh my God, how did I miss these guys? They were around in the 80s and I never heard of them. Well, I think that's our story with a lot of people. And I honestly believe this album is going to do that with a lot of people because um, we have an American label uh, for the first time. And I believe that they're going to help us reach a lot of new people. And some of them are going to be even my age, like like thrashers from my era are going to be like, I didn't know about these guys. And I'm welcoming everybody. Fantastic news that you're finally able to 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 know about our band and hear us and enjoy it. And that makes me feel really good. That's really, I think, the biggest potential for us is to reach people. I, I believe our music has a bigger appeal than, than we've ever been able to reach. So we're getting a chance now. So yeah, yeah I, I hope the whole scene explodes like it did in the early 80s. You, you know, that would just be so awesome. And, well, what you're talking about just happened to me today. Because I, I, <laughs> oh, this has got to get louder. So... It's happened to me today, which That's is great. very, very cool. Yep. Well, go back to Spotify and put on Violent Restitution. And then put on Shotgun Justice, because those are right up the alley of, of this this uh, style. So but those are from the the, the um, 80s. But those well, are worth a listen. They're worth a good listen. What was the... Rec- the old ones, of course, we're, we're talking about uh, 30 years of, of uh, change. Right. So... Uh, because of the pandemic, though, we had to do it a little bit different. The drums were done in a completely different studio with a different engineer because we couldn't get together at a time when we needed to do it. It was it was like 20 or whatever when nobody was going out at all. Yeah, and We needed to get moving on this. So we did it like that, and then the rest of the studio work was done in in the studio here in Guelph, and we um, just recorded the uh, guitar, bass, and um, vocal parts. And you know, in the past, my way of always doing things was guitar first. Oh, cool. Like, you can do that nowadays because you can put a click track down, a metronome track down, and you can lay it over that. And uh, so it's different. You know, in the old days, you wanted the drummers on top of it, but, but yeah. we can do it in whatever order we choose. So that's the way we did it. Yeah. So it's different that way. And also, we had more time. We had more time because the budgets are better. Um, you have ability to work. Like the recordings we did back in the 80s, Razor was always going into very professional, high-quality studios with no budget. So we were always making records in three days and four days, and you'd be forced to make uh, you know decisions about keeping things that you didn't maybe – maybe it wasn't your best performance, but you got to move on. Yeah. So. I remember, um, for example, there's a song on Violent Restitution. It's the first song on the album. It's instrumental with a scream over it. But um, I'm picking, um, you know, uh, and I dropped the pick at the end of the song. And it was the very end of the song. And up to that point, it had been pretty solid. So I left it. I left it. So, <laughs> and you wouldn't 
probably notice it unless you're a guitar player or unless I tell you that it's there. But now I just told about a bunch of people. So <laughs> if they listen, they'll probably hear it at the very end of the song. I play in this riff. It's a real fast riff. And all of a sudden, at the end, the last time I play it, it's kind of sloppy sounding. And it's because I dropped my pick. And I was like, I'm not going to do it again. My album, my drummer dropped his sticks at the end of a song called Eve of the Storm on that record. And you can hear that, too. He had to do a drum roll. He did it with his fists. So that's kind of <laughs> we left it, we left it that's on. Great. That's great. fucking metal yeah. right there. <laughs> that's how it was. Yeah. So I want to go back. I want to go like, back to something you said earlier. Yeah. Sorry, I got a delay again. I want to go back to something you said earlier about yeah. you know, these old school guys. But you're. We were talking to Lawrence Garron of Six just a little bit ago, and we're talking about how music now is so multi generational, right? So you're probably getting a multi-generational crowd at your shows. Totally. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, young, younger people. And you know what I do at our shows sometimes? Depends on the show, but I'll, I'll yell at the audience and I'll say, how many people here are under 40? How many people, you know what I mean? And we check and the, the, it's like, no matter what age group I yell for, it sounds about the same. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I, I just, that's, that's the best part of this is that when, when we were kids and we were doing this, everybody's parents hated this music, right? It's like, oh, it's that terrible music that David listens to. That's what my dad used to say. You know, this yeah. horrible music David used to listen to. Uh, uh, you know, me being David. But um, <laughs> it, the thing is, is that now it's like, oh, no, you know, just a really can can relate to the music, the style we play. So well, that's pretty cool. I think, I think you know, when when thrash first came out people there people in like that were like oh listen to poison nothing wrong with any of those bands but i don't think a lot of people were ready for the aggression that thrash brought out in them and they don't this feeling you know but some people really like the feeling and it they went with it but a lot of people were like, oh, I feel pretty aggressive. I don't know. They were even you like know? that with Motorhead and, and, uh, and, and bands like Raven, early Raven and stuff, um, when they came out. I remember when, I, when Motorhead uh, put out Ace of Spades, but, you know, they, they, their heads exploded, like, like metal guys, and their heads exploded. It's like, well, this is insane, the pace and the relentlessness, you know? And, uh, and then, you know, Metallica came along and, and, and Slayer and, and some of the other bands. And we, we took it. We pushed the envelope. Right. Um, and yeah, same thing. Right. The reaction is, uh, I don't know what to I don't know what to do about this. You know, um, I remember I had a, a, a friend of mine who um, overreacted to Saxon when Saxon <laughs> uh, put out uh, uh, Wheels of Steel, the second album. And when he heard Motorcycle Man, he said, oh, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> it's too intense for him. Motorcycle Man from Saxon. So, you know, you should listen to some of the other stuff that's out now and see if he'd get his opinion, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine him listening yeah, to the well, I haven't now. seen him since those um, days because he went, you know, went off to university. I never saw him again. But I, I'd like to know what he thinks of, uh, you know, a band like uh, Violator or Razor or, uh, or uh, Slayer, you know, you know uh, right. from uh, Rain and Blood or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Bruce, sorry, I've got all kinds of uh, yeah, we, I was, on a delay here. Yeah, I've got all kinds <laughs> of delays on here. So, what do you guys have planned? Are you planning on taking this out on the road? 
Yes, absolutely. Now, my wife is fighting cancer, and I have had to take this year off because um, I'm... Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, no, That's man. okay. That's okay, brother. Um, it's, it's well documented on the internet, too. But um, the thing is, that has been uh, the priority for me. I had a whole bunch of shows scheduled this year for uh, Europe. Mainly Europe, a couple of the stuff in the U.S. and a couple in uh, Canada. But mostly Europe, we had some really big events over there. We were going to be playing rock hard or festivals with, you know, upwards of 25,000, 30,000 people. And we had a lot of other ones, smaller ones, too, we were going to play. We had a lot of gigs. And uh, I, had to, I had to pull out of all of them, which was uh, unfortunate. But, you know, priority is my wife. I've been married to her for 25 years. And uh, we have two, you know, I mean, so I... I am taking bookings for 2023, and I have bookings for November of this year, uh, one in England and one in Sweden that we're doing, and uh, my wife is insisting I do these. She she wants me to get out there and play, too, but obviously I'm not going to leave her if she's, uh, you know, I mean, it's been she's been fighting it now for two and a half years, and honestly, wow. it's not going that well. Oh, um, man. So, you know, it's very, yeah, it's, it's very tough, very tough. Um if you read more about my situation on the internet, you're going to see there's a lot of a lot of tragedy around me. But you know that's not what I want to be uh, known for. Or um, I can't help what's going on. You know, the pandemic was a real kick in the nuts for us, for all of us. You know, yeah. Uh, because of uh, uh, my age too, right? Because I'm 58. So the plan was get cycle out get it recorded before uh you know and, and then hit the road in 2020 and then you know i was hoping by for a couple of years um as it turns out because of the pandemic and because of rose my wife getting sick it ends up uh, that we're just getting to the point where the album's gonna watch so you know i want to still go out there and do this as long as i can on on mainstream uh, music like because i love like one of my favorite bands of all time is these if i was if i was playing acdc's music i could probably say it's a real endurance test um it's pretty relentless to realize it's like this almost all the time it's it's relentless it's it's like it's like the rain and blood slayer almost all the time um and so get on stage to do that all the time. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I've had four hand, I've had four hand surgeries over the years, and it's 100 percent because of the abuse I inflicted on them uh, on the guitar. Right. Yeah. I'm a guitar. I'm a guitar punisher. Right. I'm not a. I'm I'm a I'm a one of those. Uh, you know, I just I'm cruel to the guitar. Although he Bruce, Bruce is cutting in and out. Sorry. That's okay. We got it back. I think it's in progress. I'll hope. Yeah, yeah I know what's going on with my internet today. I'm sorry, but you know, Tom Mariah, I, I remember because we played with Slayer when they were promoting Show No Mercy. We were opening shows for. Oh that. wow! So, <clears throat> yeah, we met them back when they were first just starting out. I still got my autographed copy of Show No Mercy um, by all four guys, but um, we did a, quite a few shows with them back in the day, and um, you know, I got to. Um, witness like just they influenced my band if you listen to my entire back catalog you'll realize the first release was more of a 
uh, ravenish motorhead type uh, sound, and then it moved into this relentlessness right after we started hanging out with Slayer. And what happened is, is that you know I saw him banging his head like that all the time. Like he he had this move where he would be like you know like this, right? Yeah. And that's what he was doing. And that's that his hair would go full. It was so intense, right? It was so cool. But yeah, I mean that's got to be awful to snap your vertebrae in your neck when you're doing that move, right? Oh God. I'm pretty yeah. sure he had surgery for that, didn't he? <clears throat> I'm sure he had to. I mean, that's yeah. that's something. I mean, my neck gets sore. Uh, I don't even headbang as much as I used to because I, of my age and everything. Uh, and also because, you know, I just, I, I takes all my physical energy now to, to play the songs. But when I was younger, I had long hair and I headbang like a maniac too. And I remember getting off stage and holding my neck <laughs> for an hour afterwards. Right. And I didn't even do what he did. So I right. figured he really been pushing it, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> we've come to the end here, Chris. You got anything else? I don't, man. It was such a great great to meet you man and, and thank you for metal yes thank you for metal. thank you guys thank you for covering us thank you for telling new people about the band let them know that we're out there go back and check our other stuff out my friends i will uh, I'm, I'm i'm proud of a lot of the work we did in the past too um but honestly uh, i mean and a lot of bands say this but i do believe what's coming up what's going to be released on september 23rd is the best work we've ever done um, and I just think it's because we spent so much time and energy and making sure this was exactly what we thought the Razor fans wanted to. So um, it's the it's the album I had the most uh, involvement in, like micromanaged everything, and just wanted to make sure it was uh, you know pristine for people to listen to and not 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 overproduced, raw as hell, raw as hell, and and you know vintage but still uh, just intense. And uh, check it out, guys! I'm very proud of it. September 23rd. Yes, and I thank you for carrying the thrash torch because that's one of my favorite genres, so I appreciate you very much. I hope to see you in Richmond. We're going to come down there. We're going to kick ass with Richmond at some point, and I hope to see you and meet you there. Awesome. Fucking fucking rights. Thank you, my friend, for taking the time. Sorry about my internet connection. Uh, It's all good. It's all good. Thank you for helping us out, guys. And give your wife our best, okay? Yes, please. I will do. Best of luck. Okay, thank you. We'll talk to you again sometime. Cheers, my friends. Take care. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.